Welcome to the 412 Podcast. My name is Jeremy Davis. I'm the Associate Pastor here at FBC Mustang. We're so glad that you're joining us. Normally, our co-host Lauren Kraut is with us, but she is at home with a newborn, uh, so she has uh, been, been given the opportunity to uh, be home with her uh, as she should be. So we're, we're excited for, for Birdie and for the Krauts, uh, but look forward to Lauren uh, joining us again. Today, we have a very special episode. We have our executive pastor, Jeff LaDuke, with us. But before we get to that, I just want to give you a few things that are coming up uh, that at least members of FBC Mustang should be aware of. Uh, we have D-Now coming up on February 10th and 12th, so be sure to uh, go online and register or talk to Joey uh, if you'd like to uh, be a part of that. February 7th, we have one of our favorite events, uh, our Ladies' Night of Theology, and uh, this year we will have an episode all about Ladies' Night of Theology, but that is on February 7th, 630 to 830, uh, so ladies, be sure to join us for that, and without any further ado... Jeff LaDuke, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. It's a uh, pleasure to be here, and so thankful you invited me back on. You know, uh, this is our first show of the year, mm-hmm. um, which is which is cool. You were actually the guest on our very first episode. I remember that, and yeah. so I've been waiting for a, <laughs> a repeat. Yes, well, we return uh, to the show. Here we I ha- am. We had to put enough space uh, between it so people yes. forget the first one. That's, that's <laughs> good. So should I expect an invitation in January of twenty twenty four? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That'll be that'll be when it's time for another one. All right. Uh, no, we we are glad you're here and. Uh, I love having other pastors on the show and, and getting to see what's going on behind the scenes. And if this is your first episode to hear, 412 uh, is taken from Ephesians 412. It's all about equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And this podcast is is kind of an inside look into what is going on as our church equips people for doing the work of the ministry. Um, and so, again, we're going to be looking kind of behind the scenes on on one of our, our events. Um, Jeff, how how have you been recovering since getting back from the retreat? I've been recovering well, other than we're moving. And so, you know, we've we've started the process. We sold our house. Closing date should be the end of February. And uh, so we've already started packing and moving. And I'm realizing I have, I never thought I would say this, but I have way too many books. (laughs) (laughs) When it comes to moving, you can say that. Now, not owning them. And I'm often asked if I want to get rid of any, and they're like old friends to me. Yeah, I mean, that's right. They, they, they are near and dear to me. So, uh, But yes, so other than my back and my neck hurting a little right now, <laughs> I'm recovering. Well, that's good. Uh, if you don't know, um, how, we've been back for a week now. Yes. Um, today, mm-hmm. a week. Right. Uh, last week, our all of our pastors and our wives were all on a retreat together, uh, and that was a great time. Wonderful time. And uh, still a little bit in denial that we're back. Right. Right. And not yeah. not a big cedar in Missouri. Uh, that was a that was a great time. But our but, listeners can't see it. But you're actually oh, yeah, wearing right. the shirt, the that's FBC right. Mustang Pastors and Wives Retreat, yes. which is a great shirt. Oh. Uh, I love it. Oh, so, me too. It's yeah. a, it's a great keepsake. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a really good time. We had we had a lot of fun. Really enjoyed uh, just just spending time, obviously, alone with our wives, but also. Uh, together as as a group and a team and and as pastors, it's always always good to take those moments. Uh, it's been really good, and this is 
What a sweet season of ministry that we're in here at, oh, at yes. FBC Mustang. Um, you know, this is this is January. I'm actually coming up on a year of being here in March, uh, which is exciting. That is. Uh, well, a year officially. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I grew, I grew up in this church, uh, so so I have years of history here. But being being on staff and being one of the pastors, I, I have a year of being here. But it's a sweet time of ministry. Uh, January, we hit the ground running. Uh, we're wrapping up growth seminars um, here here at the church. So, uh, if you're not a part of that, by the time you're listening to this, uh, you have probably just missed our last session. Uh, but but we'll do those again soon. Uh, so be be on the lookout for those. Those are a great time, uh, and probably going to do an episode about them here here in the future. So looking forward to that. But to, today, what we're talking about is our Wednesday night Bible study. And Jeff, this is a ministry area that you uh, pretty exclusively lead uh, and are part of. I know you have subs in there every once in a while, but yes. tell us a little bit about uh, what Wednesday night Bible study is exactly and kind of what's going on. Okay. All right. Yes, this is a ministry that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, I love it. It's one of my favorite things about ministry here at First Baptist Mustang. And uh, shortly after I arrived here, coming on staff in 2012, Michael and I sat down and we kind of looked at all the areas of responsibility that I would have. And uh, one of the things that I took note of is we had a lot of different classes, almost like the growth classes that were being offered for adults on Wednesday evening. And I had just come from a previous church in South Oklahoma City at, at Southern Hills Baptist Church, and and uh, I was a part of the Wednesday night Bible study and prayer time, and I loved it. I loved it there, and I really wanted us to do it here, and Michael gave the green light, and so that's been going since we started, actually, summer of 2012. Uh, I did a mini-series on some of the most challenging texts of Scripture, uh, like out of Genesis with the sons of men, and, yeah. uh, and so then out of... Uh, uh, Hebrews 6, Hebrews 10, uh, tackled really just uh, a lot of difficult passages in, in each Wednesday night. And then uh, the first book that I did on Wednesday evenings was Jonah. And okay. so I took a long time walking through verse by verse Jonah and then uh, went to Romans. And so uh, those who are familiar with Wednesday night are probably chuckling right now because we did take five years to get through the book of Romans. I loved it and uh, went slowly, methodically through it. But the other thing that, that, that we do on Wednesday nights is it's very intentional that half of the time is devoted to prayer. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just straight praying. I I try to do that differently each semester. Right. And so the, the past two last semester in this semester, we're actually using none else by Joel Beakey and Brian Cosby, the 31 meditations on the nature and attributes of God. Okay. And so I'm just taking one each week and that kind of governs our time of prayer. So I, I break that into three different segments and look at passages of scripture and uh, share a word or two, and then we actually pray and uh, before we get to the Bible study. So uh, that's very intentional. I want us to be praying, but mm-hmm. also diving deep into the Word. So done, I've done the book of Romans, uh, done the book of Hebrews, and just finished First Peter the end of last year, and now we're, we just started Second Peter. That's great. Yeah. That's great. So you said you started with Jonah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, Chelsea and I, uh, my wife, we were we were just talking about the book of Jonah, and that's one of those like classic kid stories, yep. you know, all about yeah. Jonah and the big fish, right? But what what a story um, of of obviously obedience and disobedience, uh, but God's providence yes. over a situation. Yes, love uh, the providential hand of God yes. seen all over that. Oh book. yes, yeah. absolutely. That's yeah. that's a that's a great book. Yeah. Um, okay, so you you've been through Jonah, Romans, Hebrews, and First Peter, First Peter yep. and, and now into Second Peter. Second Peter. I will insert this during the uh, pandemic when uh-huh. uh, Michael and I were able to do some episodes that uh, we shot here in our worship center when people weren't gathering, and we we walked through the book of Philippians as well. Okay. So we did that together and kind of, it was more like a discussion that we had on stage, but we would, uh, we'd take a block of scripture out of Philippians mm-hmm. and we would just walk through it. And of course, there's a, there's a famous episode even prior to the pandemic where Michael and I uh, were recording an episode on Facebook Live and we had to go (laughs) north of the church. We didn't have any service here. There was no cell coverage for some reason, nor did we have any any, uh, service with our Wi-Fi. And so we had to head north and uh, we ended up recording behind a bank uh, off a of Mustang Road over by uh, Pi Five, yeah, uh, over there. So, and there was a drone flying overhead. It's it's a classic <laughs> episode of a Wednesday night service. So, oh my goodness, yeah. aren't you glad we aren't doing that anymore? Yes. Oh yes. my goodness, I'm very glad. Those uh, that that is one of those those events uh, that that I always think my one of these days my kids are going to read that in a church history book yes, about uh, right. the COVID-19 pandemic mm-hmm. and the church reacting to it how yes. we how we worked through all those things right mm-hmm. and every church in the nation suddenly went online it's it's yes. amazing yes huh? incredible yep. okay so you you mentioned uh, right through the beginning your this is a big part of your ministry, mm-hmm. um, and and obviously I know we've talked about this on the last time you were on, um, which was your ten year anniversary. Yes. Uh, right right at that time we mm-hmm. talked a lot about your time here. I know we talked about some of your your job responsibilities and stuff, and a big part of what you do here is is you organize a lot of our facilities um, mm-hmm. and, and the buildings and and equipment and a lot of those kinds of things. You oversee all of our building staff, mm-hmm. and uh, without you, day to day operations here uh, we would struggle uh, mm-hmm. to get things done without you here. But what one thing that is that is so important. Um, to me about our church is that we recognize that pastors have a very specific role in teaching. Um, And when you look at the qualifications in in first Timothy in chapter three, uh, verse two says that uh, an overseer or or a pastor bishop, however you want to use those terms uh, should be able to teach. And, uh, and I know early, early on for me, as I was being ordained, that is something that uh, the pastors that were over me at that time, they they really emphasized. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, that's something that's so cool to me about our church is that uh, our youth pastor uh, is very involved in preaching and teaching. Uh, As the associate pastor, I'm very involved in preaching and teaching. Our worship pastor, and this blows a lot of people away, but, but our worship pastor, John Brewer, uh, he is he is a phenomenal musician and just as good at preaching and teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's he's a great preacher. Uh, obviously, Michael, our senior pastor, is preaching regularly all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but even as as the executive pastor of all the responsibilities, the things that you oversee, all the counseling you do, all the stuff that you're involved in, mm-hmm. I love that a major part of your ministry area is teaching. 
Yes, love it. It's a huge outlet for me in in getting time alone with the Lord in prayer. Many who are here in the office know that I really try to devote Wednesday mm-hmm. to a concentrated time, uninterrupted yeah. most of the time, with prayer and Bible study. Now, that doesn't mean I'm preparing just that day for that night. You know, we're, right. as teachers, we're always preparing ahead, planning ahead, reading ahead, but then right. having uninterrupted time, I go back to uh, Acts 6, where they gave themselves to prayer and the preaching and teaching of the Word of God, you right. know, and so we had the deacons who were meeting the needs, the practical needs in the early church, but then the pastors, elders, their primary responsibility is prayer and preaching, teaching the Word, yeah. and so fully agree with you. We need to have have pastors and and leaders in place covering a host of different areas with a church our size, the facilities yeah. our size, and but the most important thing we can do is pray and prepare and then teach and, yep. and preach and deliver the word of God. That's right. That's right. And that's that's what the focus of our church is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what what we always go back to. Um, Michael was just preaching. Uh, it may have been the first Sunday of the year, uh, maybe second Sunday of the year, something like that. Uh, and he just talked about um, kind of where we're at as a church, um, and and you know right now we've been blessed with, you know we have we have another uh, fifteen people going through a new members class right now, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we've seen that consistently. In fact, it's one of our smaller classes, uh, new members class over the last twelve months, and uh, we just consistently see people coming uh, into the church, God moving people here, uh, joining and being actively a part of of ministry and doing ministry and serving and being taught and all of those things. And, and mm-hmm. what a good time it is. Uh, but but he just talked about that if, if that was to change tomorrow, um, our focus on the Word of God would not change. Um, and that that's is absolutely right. the focus of everything that we do. And that, that's that's right. such an important thing. I think it's mm-hmm. I think churches really quickly think, oh, what else can I do? to try to attract people or to try to boost these numbers or, or to get people engaged. Uh, and, and really, it's, it's the Holy Spirit working in people's hearts and lives and us teaching the Word of God. Um, and then obviously, corporately, uh, we're, we're engaging those things and engaging in fellowship and worship and, and prayer together. Uh, right. Those are all very important, but the Word of God is, is yes. the foundation of all of it. Yes, and Jeremy, one thing that I would say that I love about all of the ministries of our church is that the priority of the Word of God that, again, even with our youth ministry and children's ministry, I mean, that Kids Summit that Kathy Brotherton leads and and our our children's Sunday school leaders down to our preschool leaders, that we understand they need to hear the Word of God, they need to pray the Word of God, then as they get older, they're able to study the Word of God, and we don't need all the glitz and glamour and and goofy little trendy uh, gimmicks in order to draw people here. We mm-hmm. just we remain faithful to preaching and teaching the word of God, and yep. God does the work. That's right. Uh, as they said at Grace Community uh, when they were celebrating John MacArthur's fiftieth year, that the the common theme was the word did the work, mm-hmm. and and so we recognize that here as well. Now God puts people in place, and we trust His providential hand in that. Right. But we have to remain faithful to be those that are taking in the Word of God yeah. and reading and studying and applying and obeying and, and praying the Word of God. Yeah, that's right. And one thing that I would mention that that's 
uh, one of the the beautiful things that I have with the freedom of Wednesday nights mm-hmm. is that like last night we're recording this on a Thursday, so last night we we thought we might be down a little bit. We were yeah. dealing with uh, the weather forecast and and yet we had over fifty people in there. So mm-hmm. thank God for that. But I had already planned on really giving uh, walking through Colossians like we just did on our our retreat. Yeah, because I and I do that typically when I come back from Shepherd's Conference mm-hmm. or or any other conferences that we get to go to, I want to share what we've learned with our people who were gathered here on Wednesday night. And so Mm -hmm. I was able to share with them last night about uh, all of us and our teaching and different segments from the book of Colossians that we walked through. And so it was a great time together, but reminding our church family Christ is preeminent. I mean, the theme of Colossians, Christ is preeminent. And that's what our heartbeat is as pastors as well, is that we want Christ to be preeminent in this church. Right. Right. That's great. So um, you you came to the church, uh, you and Michael sit down, kind of talk through uh, this teaching ministry area. Mm -hmm. Um, Was this something that was already in place? Um, Is there a long history there? Kind of what was going on previous? How did all of this come about? Well, uh, when I arrived here in 2012, what they had been doing, I don't know for how long that they had been doing this, is uh, they've done, they were doing different classes on Wednesday night. So I still have some folks who've been here a while that'll that'll stop me in the hallway and say oh I missed your class or I haven't been able to make it to your class and I have to stop and think because I I view Wednesday night as a prayer and Bible study service uh-huh. now it's different in that from Sunday morning and mm-hmm. Sunday night how we don't do music in there mm-hmm. occasionally we'll have a, a guest teacher who uh, from time to time, as he's teaching from the Word of God, will break out into song, which is a great thing because he can <laughs> sing, but uh, but not for me. But we, uh, so when we talked about it, we said let's go ahead and plan on doing a a service yeah. and and do a prayer and Bible study service on Wednesday nights. Very and, cool. Yeah, and that's really I've tried to. Uh, vary up the way that we've structured it, just right. especially we have some folks that the old standbys that have been there from the very beginning. And I will say this, that many people who've been a part of Wednesday night Bible study, even former uh, substitute teachers for me, that are in glory now, that mm-hmm. are in heaven. And I still look out when I look out teaching in the worship center on Wednesday nights and see where they used to sit. And there may yeah. be new people there sitting there, but I still remember uh, like Bob Keatsman, who mm-hmm. was near and dear to all of our hearts here. And the Lord blessed us with him being here a number of years. And he loved the word of God and loved teaching. And And uh, I can't go to the book of Proverbs without thinking of Bob. Bob mm-hmm. just, he, he taught through the Proverbs and yeah. typically on Wednesday nights, that's what that was his go-to, and yeah. so uh, so that's another great thing is thinking through the people who've been a part of that over the years. Yeah, that's great. So you start off the service with prayer time, right? Okay, and I know mm-hmm. you said you're going through Beaky's book. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. but what are some things that what what does a normal prayer time look like in in that service? Okay, I try to always open with a psalm that will lead us to an opening prayer of praise or adoration. In fact, in the past, I've even walked through uh, the Acts model during our prayer time where we do adoration, and typically I'm coming out of the Psalms with that, and then confession, Mm -hmm. and then thanksgiving, 
and then prayer being primarily intercessory prayer. So we've done that in the past. So I still have that structure in my mind, but but like what we've been doing is we'll do an opening prayer of praise, and then I'll lead us corporately in prayer, and then I'll have I'll turn our attention to last night we were looking at God's omniscience or God mm-hmm. is all knowing, and yeah. so turn to a passage of scripture share a few words, share a few words from Beaky's book, and then we'll pray. And so the first part is praying for uh, us as we consider the nature and attribute of God, that we need assistance in understanding who he is, that we are finite and God is infinite. And so we need assistance from him and even our, our understanding of who he is. And that's the next one, uh, as we'll look at another aspect of omniscience and, and pray for greater understanding that will lead to practical application in our lives and what that looks like. And then the final prayer segment We'll look at another passage of Scripture, but we'll consider uh, how this leads us to humility and worship. And so really what we're looking at, adoration and praise, and then assistance in understanding this attribute of God, and then how do we understand and apply this, and then finally, uh, during the intercessory prayer time as well, uh, we are looking at, okay, God, help us to be humbled before you, but then also for this to be a comfort in the midst of trials. You know, many people that we pray for on Wednesday nights are people who are either awaiting surgery, coming out of surgery, going into uh, or battling long-term illness, but it's not all that. We pray for prayer par- uh, uh, mission partners mm-hmm. throughout the world and in the United States. We'll spend time praying for our church and the various ministries of our church. We pray for uh, the leaders in our in our government as well, yeah. from city to state to nation, then obviously to the world. We'll pray for current events. Um, one semester we devoted just for praying for the um, persecuted church. Hmm. And another semester we devoted to praying for unreached people groups. And so we were able to use different resources like the Joshua Project, that app for unreached people groups. And I would pull that up and I would read statistics and, and who we were praying for. And we would just, every Wednesday night for about, when I say a semester, it's usually about 12 to 15 weeks yeah. that uh, that I consider a semester. And uh, we'll meet year-round. We usually take June off, just mm-hmm. like we do with most of our ministries with everything that's going on. But um, but for the most part, we're meeting year-round. That's great. Yeah. That's great. So mm-hmm. how what what thought are you giving behind as you're as you're picking a new book to go through? What mm-hmm. what are, how are you deciding which book you're going to go through? Next? In book of the it's out book of the, the Bible. Bible yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 I typically what I do is I I obviously am praying mm-hmm. and then I check with our pastor and then I check with pastoral staff. I want to see where people are at, you know, yeah. where if Michael is finishing a book and uh, then I want to know where he's going. I don't want right. to do the same thing. And then I try to, now I haven't here recently just because of the pandemic and, yeah. and first Peter was intentional as well. Very intentional, but I, I want, my desire was to go back and forth from new Testament to old Testament mm-hmm. and then back to new Testament, and then back to old Testament. However, with the way things were unfolding in our world, I wanted to go to first Peter because mm-hmm. obviously a major theme of first Peter is persecution yeah. and suffering. And so I wanted our people who were gathered here to consider 
what does it look like when we're persecuted and when we're suffering how are we to respond what what does a believer do in the right. midst of persecution and and obviously wanted that to come straight out of the word of god and and for me romans and hebrews were kind of you know those were ball on the tee i yeah. mean everyone should go through romans and in fact i've been tempted several times just to go back i've yeah. told our wednesday night group we may go back and do that again but <laughs> uh but yeah and then hebrews as well yeah. both both of those books just books so rich and doctrinal mm-hmm. and so much to glean from but but yeah and then second peter just on the heels of first peter wanted yeah. to go right into second peter that's great yeah. so uh Inside Scoop, do you know what book you're doing after Second Peter? After Second Peter, I do not know yet. Okay. Yeah, so I can't even... I, I am leaning toward an, an Old Testament book, and, yeah. uh, and I, I do, other than Romans... I've tried to, in Hebrews a little bit longer, but I've tried to keep them shorter books because I do know that I take a long time. Right. Like in Romans 8... Just Romans 8, I think we were nearly nine months just wow. in Romans chapter 8. Yeah. And and I felt like just on he foreknew us, I spent three right. weeks. And, you know, so that is a beauty of in there. I can dive deep. We, we go into the deep end of the pool. Mm-hmm. I feel like our folks that are gathered in there desire that, and they ask great questions. Right. And so I feel the freedom not to get lost in the weeds mm-hmm. of all of the technical arguments, because I do want it to be where we understand the book and we understand the passage, but then I, I am heavy on application. I right. want them to leave with this is how it changes my life, which yeah. leads right into biblical counseling. That's what biblical counseling is, is the application of the Word of God. And so for me, it's all hand in hand. But yeah, I'm leaning toward a, an Old Testament book, and uh, and I'm not sure yet. Not sure. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, we will. Uh, I'm sure we will uh, have, have breaking news at some point in one of our episodes. That'd be great. We could do going. another episode episode and then we could do the music and have yeah, breaking right. news and I could run in Absolutely. and share that. That'd be yeah. great. Yeah, we'll do it right in the middle of an episode. <laughs> let's do it when Pastor Michael is yes. here on yeah, an episode. Let's do it. <laughs> that'd be that'd be awesome. He'll love it. <laughs> I'm sure. Yes. So so give us a little bit of insight. Mm-hmm. Uh you've you've been going through first Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh we know from from verse one it's written by the Apostle Peter. Yes. Uh but but tell us a little bit. What are a couple high points and, yeah. and who is it written to and, yeah. and what are what are some themes? Yeah, I, I love First Peter. Uh, again, it's grown near and dear to my heart, just like any book that I teach through. And one of the things that I learned years ago that someone, uh, I either read it or heard it, uh, is that you should plan on reading through the book of the Bible that you're going to teach through at least 50 times mm-hmm. before, even before really diving into the technical commentaries of background, the history. Now, not everyone can do that, right. but uh, I have loved being in First Peter. And so, uh, yes, Peter, which uh, I did this with Paul in Romans, where I spent just an entire evening just on that one name. Yeah. So I I did with Paul and gave all of his background, everything that he'd been through, because it's important for us to know who God is using right. to write this book. Absolutely. And, and so Peter, I did the same thing, kind of looked at an overview of his life, then looked at, uh, as verse 1 and 2 says, to those who are elect ex- 
exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. One of the, the joys of being able to share and taking your time is to to look at he's sending it to the early church he's scattered yeah why are they scattered they're on the run right i mean there's persecution breaking out for those with background knowledge uh of what's going on at the time the emperor nero has burned rome mm-hmm. and then he's decided the scapegoat is going to be christians right. and and i'm going to blame christians so persecution was spreading but there was also and i, I pointed this out on wednesday night there's also just not the persecution that's happening Happening that is martyrdom, but there's just right. pressure from, mm-hmm. and we encounter this in in many places that we go to minister around the world. That there there is intense persecution. If you bow the knee to Christ, that you're out of the community. That's right. You're you're no longer. You can't buy, sell, trade, yep. and many many are forced out of their family. And that's just. It's important for us to remember that in our context here in Oklahoma, in the the belt buckle of the Bible belt, that that we remember persecution, though, can take a form of being shunned in the office or in the the neighborhood or being looked at as the the radical bigot, you know, and those those are all forms of persecution. But when Peter is writing here, these these folks are on the run. And what I love is that he opens with a highly doctrinal, greeting mm-hmm. that we see the triune god at That's work right. and in the the foreknowledge of the father and the sanctification of the spirit and obedience to Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and and how theological even greetings are yeah. and why that matters but another high point is how he begins this letter in verse 3 uh, well finishing verse 2 may grace and peace be multiplied to you but verse 3 blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ according to his great mercy yeah. he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable undefiled unfading kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And then, so he lets them know while they're on the run, while while their lives are at stake, and while things around them are being destroyed, he points them to a living hope. That's right. And that is so important for us in the midst of persecution, but also in the midst of suffering. Yeah. That biblical hope is greatly different from the hope that the world offers. Mm -hmm. It's not just wishful thinking. Hope, biblical hope, is the assurance that God has a plan. God knows what he's doing. God has us. He holds us. He's caused us to be born again. But also, what awaits us Mm -hmm. is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. And so as he walks through 1 Peter 1, just highly theological, uh, even in the midst of suffering, this is who you are in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so we talked often about um, the indicatives and the imperatives, and the indicatives, this is what God has done. And then the imperatives, like here you see even in chapter 1, verse 13, therefore, so in light of what we've just looked at concerning your salvation and what is kept for you, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope, there it is again, fully on the grace of God that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Mm, that's so good. And and there is this action that follows, preparing or gird up the loins of your mind, as uh, as the KJV 
translates. Yeah. So that is so important, too, that we recognize not only our identity of who we are in Christ, right. but then the imperatives that follow. Because you have been saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone, now progressive sanctification is now you walk in holiness, in Christ-likeness. Yeah. And one thing that he does here, Jeremy, uh, I know you got me fired up now, so yeah. now I'm just going on and on. But, but one thing that he does is he's going to look at every sphere of life. Mm. He's going to examine how does the lordship of Christ affect every area of my life? Right. Well, it, affect, it affects me as a member of society yep. in the way I relate to government. It affects me as a husband or as a wife, as a parent, as a, an employer, as an employee. I mean, it, it covers every single sphere of life. And that's what I, I love that he's even reminding them of this in the midst of persecution that he addresses every sphere of life. That's right. And what, what a comfort for, you know, I think about those believers. I'm, I'm actually in a church history class right now uh, through, through Midwestern Seminary. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, thinking about those, those early believers and, and from, from the time of Christ uh, up until the three, AD 300s, until Constantine comes to power in, in Rome, right. uh, every believer is, is essentially, uh, they're, they're being saved and in that process, signing mm-hmm. up to be baptized and martyred. Yes. Uh, which is mm-hmm. just incredible. Right. Um, and, and to think, I can't imagine being a believer and knowing that the guy that discipled me and the guy that discipled him and the guy that discipled him and the guy that discipled him going back to Jesus, every one of them were killed for their faith. Yes. And just, mm-hmm. just willingly, knowingly stepping into that. That's just a part of your Christian life. You're going to be martyred. Yes. And there's a part mm-hmm. of that that I think we should adopt as, as even modern-day believers. And although we don't face death uh, for now— uh, we do face persecution, and we do face a world that is not going to understand us, as First John says, and right. is not and is going to hate us, as mm-hmm. First John says. Yeah. Uh, th- this world doesn't understand us, and right. going back to John's gospel, uh, it's because they first did not know him. That's right. That, that they don't they don't know us, and that's and that's, right. that's the reality of the world that we live in. Yes, is we are going to face hardship and suffering and persecution. That's just the reality of, of right. Christianity. And he, Jeremy, he even mentions this at the end of the book in chapter 5 when he says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties or cares on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Yeah. It's what you just mentioned, you know, is that even we stand in a long line of men and women who have been persecuted and who have suffered. And Jesus said, they hate you because they hated me first. And so we are going to be hated. We are going to suffer persecution and we're, we're not immune to suffering, Mm -hmm. just everyday ailments, a, a back that aches, a neck that aches or diseases that hit. And yet scripture tells us, and after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish Mm. you. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. That's great. And uh, just uh, such an encouraging book. Yeah. 
looking at persecution and suffering, but then we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like I just mentioned in Colossians, and like we studied last week, that Christ is preeminent. Well, this is Christ being preeminent, and keep the admonition is for you and I to keep our eyes fixed on Christ. Right. He is the one who suffered, and yep. he should not have suffered. He didn't do anything wrong. Exactly. He wasn't sinful, and yet he did for you and I, for yep. our sins. So even in the midst of suffering, persecution, a rejection, we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. Yeah. And and then we understand the God of all grace, he will himself restore and confirm mm. and strengthen and establish you. Yep. That's a powerful thought. Yeah, amen. That's great. That's so good. Yeah. Okay, so for the listener uh, that is tuning in right now, and they're saying, okay, I've got to go be a part of that Bible study. What, yep. what do you want them to know? Oh, man. I Number one, love for you to be there. Uh, number two, I recognize we've had many Many people come, start uh, attending Wednesday nights, 6.30 to 7.45-ish in the worship center. Yeah. But there are many who have come and been a part, and then they get called out to serve. Yeah. And so uh, I want you to know, while I miss folks that, that have to go out, I, there's no better thing for them to do than to go out right. and serve. So right. I know that Cubbies and Awana and even our youth, and then obviously our choir meets yeah. and rehearses, and John does Bible study with them and prays with them. And, yeah. and then we have new members class that meets about every other month. And then we have Go teams still. We, I think we still have a few yep. teams that go out and make visits uh, in the community. So we have a lot going on on Wednesday nights, and it's a good thing to go out and serve. However, if you're not serving somewhere, you're coming out of a season of serving, let me encourage you to to make Wednesday nights a regular part of your schedule. For me, midweek does something for my soul when I know I'm going to gather with other believers and I know we're going to pray. I know we're going to read the word. I know we're going to study the word and then we're going to look at applying the word and then we're going to have fellowship more than just, Hey, who won the game the other day or what's Mm -hmm. the weather like we fellowship around the word of God and exalt Christ in that. And, And even I love kind of hanging out, uh, I try to intentionally build in some time at the end where I can just hang out at the front and people will come up and make yeah. observations themselves. They'll ask questions. They'll ask for resources. And I love that. All yeah. of that's beneficial. But for me, the Wednesday night service is not a thing of the past. I yeah. think it's a good thing that we gather with the, the people of God. So I'd invite, uh, anyone who has not been a part, you can jump in at any time, each and every Wednesday night, even when we're going through a book of the Bible, or even with the structured prayer time, you can jump in at any time. You don't have to wait for the next book to start. It will make sense. And and I do a lot of review, which is biblical, uh, even as he says in 2 Peter, you know, it's a good thing for me to remind you. So I do a lot of review. And uh, one other thing that I'll mention the, the freedom that I have in there is that even when we've been walking through books of the Bible, there are times I'll take a, a break and do a mini series. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times leading up to Easter, I may focus on uh, the passion of Christ and, and leading up to the crucifixion. Or at Christmas time, I may take four Wednesdays and just look at the incarnation. Right. So there are little mini series that, that I try to drop in there. So my five years in Romans wasn't just week after. After week, I had some mini series in there <laughs> yeah. as well. Well, that's great. That's yeah. great. Well, um, be sure uh, if you are not, as, as Jeff said, if you're not and plugged into something on a Wednesday night, come and be a part of it. Um, I, I talked.
talk to people that are regularly in there, and I have never heard anything but just great things about it. In fact, I've got uh, oversee our college ministry or our crossroads uh, ministry here, and I've got five students out of that that are there uh, yes. pretty much every week, and they they always talk about uh, what a good time it is and how much they're learning. The um, and it's 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 such a sweet time. And props to your college student; they're right down front. Yes, as they well. are. Middle section, right down, right front. down front. Hopefully, I'm not spitting on them when I get excited, <laughs> but they haven't moved yet. They're yeah. not wearing rain jackets. That's but right. No, I, I love them being in there. So thank you for encouraging them to yeah. be there and yeah. be a part. We have all ages, so I'll mention that. We have uh, college students all the way up to folks that are in their, their mid to late 80s mm-hmm. that, that are in there. And when you come in on a Wednesday night, we, we do meet in the worship center. We typically will average between anywhere from 65 to 80 that are in there. Yeah. And uh, and so we're kind of swallowed up in the worship center. Sure. But it, it's a good thing. One of it's just logistical. We don't have another place to meet. But right. uh, the other thing is, is it's still, I teach from the floor, so I'm not up on the platform behind yeah. the pulpit, but I have a lectern on the floor. And most folks gather right there in the middle section or fan out a little bit. And so even though it's a big room, we still have an intimate time yeah. together in prayer and in yeah. the word that's great well we're about out of time but before we take off can we uh do a quick lightning round yes okay very good so first of all what what bible are you sporting um you are known for having uh fine bibles so just curious which bible do you have with you today? this is the uh this is a skylar bible and uh, it's the Traveris, and so it, uh, it's got a nice font to it. Uh, one, it is the goatskin cover. I love the red interior, but yeah. uh, also the only uh, catch with this Bible is all the chapters and verses are out in the column. Uh-huh. So if you're in a book, like we've been in Hosea, yeah. and like I can't tell when the verse starts and when it stops <laughs> right. because all the verses are out in the column. Right. And so I'm kind of waiting for someone to stop and it may be mid sentence. I'm like, Oh, well that's where verse four is starting or yes. five. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, it's a beautiful Bible. I love it. And yeah, that's, that's something I do collect, but I will tell you this. I try to give equal opportunity to all of my Bibles in, <laughs> in spending time in them. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite vacation spot? Favorite vacation spot would be uh, the beach in Florida. Uh, I used to say Cape Cod. That's where I grew up. My summer's on Cape Cod. Love it up there. However, even getting in the water in July at Cape Cod, it feels like it's 50 degrees and it's not refreshing. I love Florida uh, and the beaches in Florida. And so that's where I'd say my favorite vacation spot is. Typical Northeasterner. Yes. Everybody yeah, starts yeah. off in the Northeast and moves Snowbird. to Florida. Yeah. 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 That's, that, that sounds about right. Yes. Okay, so in the movie version of your life, who is playing Jeff LaDuke? Oh, man. Uh, I would say that... It probably would need to be Matt Damon okay, uh, or Ben Affleck. <laughs> you know, we have the Boston connection. That's and right. I've actually been stopped 
twice while in Rhode Island, and one time an older lady was convinced I was Ben Affleck. Never before I've ever been told that. Yeah. So I think she was highly medicated, probably. <laughs> but And then she there was glasses. one other time that someone thought I was Matt Damon. And so uh, it's kind of interesting because I've never been told that before other than two times in Rhode Island where my sister and brother-in-law live. But uh, I'd go with those Boston guys. <laughs> How so, funny. Yeah. Okay, so if you could have lunch with one figure out of church history, not, not Bible character, but okay. uh, a church history figure could have lunch with them who would it be yeah wow i would have to say the easy answer is charles spurgeon Mm -hmm. um spurgeon just so gifted of the lord and yet what is powerful to me is spurgeon suffered greatly physically and mentally yeah and and a lot of people don't know that about him they just read the the, the quick quote from him, but when you read about his life, he suffered severely. And even for a man, and I'm teaching right now in growth class on the assurance of salvation, yeah. and I've mentioned this, that even Spurgeon himself, who we call the Prince of Preachers, struggled with the assurance of salvation, which right. blows my mind. Yep. You know, we look at it, but again, that's works-based. If yep. I look at it and say, well, look at how many sermons have been published. Well, that's not how we're saved. Right. We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone, as I say often, but it's the alones matter yeah. as, as we're guys that, that, uh, that love the reformers. That's and right. so those, the, that matters. So I would say Spurgeon, I, I, I pondered just a little bit and paused a little bit because Thomas Watson, mm. uh, or John Owen, yeah. uh, those, those guys too, uh, it would be very interesting to sit down and yeah. have lunch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But Spurgeon's a bigger guy. I'm a bigger guy. I feel like we would be <laughs> able to, to eat and I wouldn't feel guilty. Yeah, you know, most right. of the staff they're they're fit and they're in shape and I kind of feel like Spurgeon. I'm just a little frumpy and, and, uh, but so anyways, I digress. Okay. <laughs> Well, Jeff, thank you so much for being back on the show. Um, I know I know people uh, are enjoying this and uh, love the insight that you have and, and just the wisdom and knowledge you bring uh, to to the church and to Wednesday nights. And uh, like we said, if you're not plugged in somewhere, come Wednesday night, be a part of the Wednesday night Bible study. Um, and you can also serve. There's there's kids ministry going on, youth ministry going on. There's a lot of stuff that's happening uh, here, here uh, at the church uh, all throughout the week, uh, but especially on, on Wednesday nights. One thing, Jeremy, I do want to say publicly is I I love and look forward to this podcast. And so I'm so thankful for you and you putting this together and Samuel, who's behind the scenes here and the work that he does and Lauren. uh, I I love it. Every time there's a new episode that's dropping, it's like uh, the MacArthur Center (laughs) podcast. And we're not quite to that level yet, but, but we don't have the same talent there. Now, Samuel, that's no slam on you. That's just, you know, if you're, if you got people who are trained in it and and do it all the time, but I would just say, uh, again, this is such a helpful podcast because we really want you to hear from your pastors and leaders Mm -hmm. about what happens behind the scenes, but also just like you did with the lightning round, just to it, to me, it's relationship building. I have folks that come up in the hallway and will say, Hey, I heard that, or they'll give me a hard time about something. And so thank you. You for your ministry. You've got a great voice as well for a podcast. I mean, <laughs> well, I appreciate a great that. voice for it. Uh, well, uh, at Shepherd's uh, 
uh, conference, I'll be sure to find Austin Duncan and tell him that yes. he's got he's got a competitor. Yes, here. he does. That, that, that's he what does. she said. We should do a podcast <laughs> while at Shepherd's Conference. We should do one. I'm yeah. already planning on doing. Oh, one, okay. Yeah. All right. Great. Yeah, I would yeah. love to do yeah. one. Apparently, you've asked somebody else. And no, so I've, I've that, not. Uh, no. I've not asked anyone. That'd but be great. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'd like for. I think four of us are going. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd love for all of us to be a part of that. Good. I think I think it'd be a great time. Well, thank you so much uh, for listening to another episode of the 412 Podcast. If you'd like information about our church or FBC Mustang, please go to fbcmustang.org. You can always reach out to us at any time. We'll see you next time.